Welcome back to Real Financial Planning, broadcast on WKXL, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, for our podcast listeners, you have had no interruption. You know that I'm still Matt Robeson, the host of this show. <laughs> you know that Mike Morton of Morton Financial Advice is still here. But for our radio listeners, you may have had a little interruption there. It may have even been a week-long interruption. You might have heard the first part of this episode. If you missed it, Go back in the Capital Close-Up podcast feed, or you can check out the podcast. Same thing, this show's in both of them, Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs, and you will catch the first part of this show. We're talking about one of the most precious resources in the universe, which is your time. It's actually a totally non-renewable resource, how you focus your time and attention. It's just as important for your financial planning and your general life planning as any other topic we can discuss. And we're specifically talking about all the things in modern life that grab for your attention, specifically phones, but also the stuff that you get on your phone, social media, news, and I don't know, maybe you like to play Wordle, whatever it is. All right, Mike. <laughs> We were just talking about some of the things you can do if you think, hey, maybe I do want to focus my time a little bit better. And I was backing you up on your suggestion that you could just determine here are two hours where my phone's going in the other room and I, I'm not going to touch it. What else you got? I liked your suggestion on intentionally crashing your browser. I'll tell you a story yesterday. Of course, my computer suddenly froze and shut down and you're like what i'm in the middle of my work and multiple things open but computers these days it came back and everything started opening up all the apps opened up back up they remembered where i was and then of course all my browser tabs all opened up and i felt so good <laughs> oh everything is still there <laughs> so the trick is if you want to hack that is close your browser Open it again, the tabs will come back, and then close it again. I find that usually will wipe all the because I, I don't have I don't have the nerve to hand close all the tabs because <laughs> if I have to do that, then I say to myself, "No, I really do need yeah. that tab." No, 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 you don't. Well, was, you don't. In that case, I was happy to have those tabs back. But here's a trick on your thing because you mentioned reading, like, "Oh, I was going to read those tabs," and I find that too, like. Stuff will come in my inbox, some articles or newsletters and things that I want to read. And so now what I'm doing is filing that stuff. So either filing the emails or you can use your browser, open it in the browser and hit add to read. They have a reading list or a reading thing. And then what I find is it's the same as an episode I did with Megan recently about waiting a week to buy something. Mm. Oh, before you click buy, just put it on your wish list and then just wait. Same with the reading, like, oh, I'm gonna read this article. I put it on my reading list. Guess what happens, Matt? <laughs> I don't actually have to read it. And you know what else? I didn't really miss that I didn't read it. And if I do wanna read it, it's right there waiting for me. I know exactly where to find it at the end of the day or the end of the week. I can go to my reading list and see, you know, see those 10 or 15 things I added and then go ahead and read the ones that I actually still want to read at that point. So get it off of your you know, inbox, get it off your to-do list, throw it on a list somewhere else. And most of the time, you won't even have to spend the five or 10 minutes reading it. You won't care anymore. And if you do, it's right there waiting for you. Yeah, that's a spectacular idea. And it, it does go hand in hand with, again, that kind of batching principle that I learned in the time management course of if you're and there, that, that is the flip side of all of this, which is if I will put on my schedule reading time. 
And it's a little bit of a luxury, but it's not really because I need to do it as as part of my mm-hmm. hosting. I need to know what's going on when I'm going to have a, a roundtable discussion show. And I will intentionally batch. All right, now I'm going to read and I'm going to clear my inbox and I'm going to clear my tabs in my browser. And I'll just, I'll take them off. And sometimes I will go through and I'll say, yeah, I didn't really need to read that much, but I'll know that it was there. And I also keep a file of things that, I want to use as references for the future. And it's a Word file, and I'll go back to it occasionally. Uh, But I I do find if you want to get something positive out of the distraction and attention economy, just be intentional. And if you're going to spend that screen time, then really do it. And there's actually a South Park about this where they invent a, a device to help you shut out the world. And... Really, it, all it is is a cardboard box that you put over your head so you can have some alone time with your phone. <laughs> That's, but look, there, as usual, their satire has a point, which is if you're going to kind of shut out the world and have some alone time with your phone, then do it. But do it for a prescribed amount of time where you're really going to do it and you're intentionally doing it. That's the whole point of this episode, really, is being intentional with your attention and not getting distracted. The stat is 47% of Americans would say they're addicted to their cell phone, okay? And so we want to come up with some practical tips about things that you can do. If you feel like you want to be more intentional with the use of your phone, what are some things you can actually do? We've mentioned a few already, but I'll mention a few more that I've tried with some success as well. Um, Setting a curfew uh, for your screens, I think in the evening is a is a really great practice, not only for the addicted nature of screens, but actually for sleep. And that could be a whole other episode. I'm not an expert on sleep, but I've certainly, I play one on a TV. I certainly have listened to a bazillion podcasts about sleep and read a bunch of books because it's so important to living a great life. So definitely have a curfew for screens and getting that light and having your mind racing with things that you're enjoying reading and clicking and social media or whatever it is. So put down your device at a certain time every evening. Another tip is leave your device in another room. Put it in another room. Have it charging in another room. Have a station where you always leave it. Make sure it's in a one spot. I find this is great with the kids too. Hey, we always leave our devices charging here in this location. So leave it out here. We're not using it during these times anyway. It's always in the same spot. So they're not losing it. They're not disappearing to their rooms. Who knows what they're doing on their devices. So have it you know, charging in a certain spot. It's really great for the adults as well to have a spot not in your bedroom, ideally where you've left your device charging. So there's a couple of things practical ways that you can take a step forward today to try to have better, more intentional use of your phones and your screens. What about, there's an aspect to this that I think we've all become unfortunately very familiar with in the past two years. There's a certain unavoidable aspect of work life these days where you're frequently in meetings that are on Zoom or some other platform. I'm not dissing Zoom per se. They're all terrible, but they're all terrible. That's the point is that I feel drained. I feel terrible terrible after a long set of zoom meetings i'm not sure why that is but what can you do about that yeah depending on your work situation there's not a ton of things you can necessarily do and be like hey you know what i'm just um i'm dialing it out these today i'm too tired i'm not going to attend these meetings today but there is a pew research that said 81 percent of adults in the u.s that use video calls 40 percent of them say to your point matt 
they feel worn out and fatigued, you know, by those calls. So being on screens all day, we all know we felt that, you know, Zoom fatigue. Oh, one more Zoom meeting. And so again, being intentional, I would look at throughout your entire week. Hey, how much how many work calls do I have? Where are they showing up? There's a bunch you won't be able to avoid. You've got to go up and show, you know, be on the screen, but maybe they're around the edges things that you can do. So in the evening, you were going to do something else with some friends, but you've had Zoom calls all day. So you don't want one more screen thing. And you're like, hey, you know, I'm just going to hang out whoever's in front of me or my family or read a book or something else. So definitely take the breaks from the screen as much as you can. But you might have to schedule that more on a you know longer time frame. One thing that that reminds me of is that when you're on a Zoom call for work, you are, in theory... Most of the time, I would hope you're being compensated for your time. You're being paid to do that as part of your work. When you are on a screen, and particularly when you're on social media or some other platform that is trying to get your engagement, trying to get your time and attention, what's really strange, and this is just a personal bugaboo of mine, is that you're essentially giving your attention, there's a financial transaction here. There's money being made out of the fact that your brain, your eyeballs, either way, are engaged in that screen. But you're not making the money. Isn't that crazy? What's happening in that moment? You are on social media, and first of all, let's say you're on Facebook. I I love picking on Facebook. Who doesn't? (laughs) So let's say you're on Facebook. Facebook is making money because they're selling advertisers on your eyeballs, on the fact that you are spending that time there and they're, they're putting ads there. You're not getting paid for that. And you're also giving up, in many cases, your personal information. That information about who you are, your demographics, what other sites you visit, the cookies that show up on your computer because you've gone to Macy's.com and then you go to NewYorkTimes.com. Hey, there's an ad for Macy's. Why is that? It's because they're tracking you and your personally identifiable information. That information has incredible value. If you don't believe me, there's an entire economy of companies that are their entire business model is trying to put that information together and create profiles about you. It's incredibly valuable to advertisers. Are you seeing any money out of that? No. One of the things you learn in economics is that when there is an economic value to something that is not being captured, it creates a problem in the market. And the quickest way to solve that problem is to have someone get ownership of that value. In this case, guess who has ownership? It's Facebook or whatever it is you're on. And the whole point about Zoom and how you spend time with your phone, it just brings to mind for me that another way to think about this is it's not just that these things are taking time away from you could be with your kids or you could go outside like Big Poppy says. It's that you're actually implicitly paying them. You are paying (laughs) them. There's, There's money being that's changing hands and you're seeing none of it you're paying these people to do this to you and so your point is do you feel refreshed do you feel good did you get some value out of this what facebook would say is you're getting a free platform you're getting to do whatever it is on facebook and it's free it's not free nothing is for free 
You're paying with your information and your attention. And the question is, are you getting value? And I promise you, in most cases, you're probably not. And so anyway, to the extent that helps anyone to think about this in a new way of, I'm actually paying them for this activity instead of something else, I commend that to you. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty, that's an interesting way of thinking about it. I like that. Uh, Two things. One, just understanding that you're spending something. So I love that, that you're spending your time, attention, resources. And you said, Matt, do you, are you getting value? And there might be value there. I used to think, oh, I'd spend time on Facebook. And so I'm connected with these people that I wouldn't normally be connected with. So when I go and see them in the real life again, it's, oh, we can just pick up the conversation because I've kept up with what's going on uh, in their family life or whatever. And it turns out that may have been a little bit true, but the amount of time it took me to get that little value. Oh, I might see this person six months from now or a year from now, and I sort of know what's going on in their life. That's, that really wasn't that valuable. Like I could just catch up with them and for five minutes and figure that stuff out. And so the amount of time it was taking me for that value wasn't really there. So I'm just saying, think about the value you're getting for the time you are spending. Is it really valuable to you or not? And the other thing that reminded me of, as you were talking, was that the economic value in someone's paying. It reminded me of, again, a Superman. Wasn't it Superman 2? He's getting the half pennies. He found all the half pennies. Right. <laughs> so right. someone, someone's out there collecting half pennies and collecting that economic value that you are contributing. Yeah, it adds up. Look, just remember, in Facebook's business model, you are not the customer. You're the product. And if you just bear that in mind. But, you know, it, it does also bring to mind something you were hinting at before, which is the alternatives. And I think that's another thing that kind of economics informs one's thinking about is that there's income effect. I'm getting into the weeds here. Income effects, substitution effects. I think it's also helpful to think about this in terms of as compared to what. So if you're struggling with this, if you do find the pull of the phone or the screen, whatever it is, the engagement machine (laughs) drawing you to it, to its siren call, one thing it, it strikes me that you could do is you could create attractive alternatives for yourself. So as part of that intentionality, it's not just, hey, put away your phone. Now sit in silence. Don't do a thing. What I'm going to do is I'm going to schedule some really focused time. I'm going to go play a game of horse with my kids. I'm going to go to the supermarket right now. And maybe I'll listen to a podcast while I do that. That's fine. (laughs) But I'm going to at least, you know, whatever it is, whatever else you find to be of value, maybe it's making the alternative more attractive, not just making the phone less attractive. Well, you definitely have to do that. That is in the research around any habits. You can't just say, I'm going to stop doing this thing. Because then to your point, Matt, you're sitting there in silence just wanting that thing. And so you have to have a substitute. So the same for like nutrition. Hey, I'm no longer going to eat this junk food or whatever. Well, you can get out of your house, but you need to have some substitute. What are you going to eat instead? And and the same with time or attention. Okay, if you're not going to use your phone, what are you going to do instead? I think it's really important to set yourself up for success uh, in these areas. Even if it's a matter of, again, I I like your idea of of intention. Even if it's a matter of, If you're trying to kick a a sugar habit, what are you going to do? First of all, you're going to try to substitute some foods that are attractive to you. So you're not going to go cold turkey and only eat celery. You're going to eat cold turkey, maybe with some bacon, because that's an attractive 
alternative, and you're going to have a little bit more of that as your treat. Maybe you're going to have some fake sugars. Maybe you're going to not go cold turkey. You're going to say, look, instead of a big bowl of ice cream, I'm going to have a little bowl of ice cream. I'm not saying that this is something that I personally do, but that's actually something that I personally do. I have a set size bowl that I will allow myself. It is a small bowl. And so it's not, it's not like I'm having none. It's not like I'm, I'm giving this up entirely. It's, and again, I, I, that kind of fits in the idea of, I don't think either of us is saying, throw your phone in the river. Again, I'd rather go out without my pants. I'd rather <laughs> throw my car in the river. I, I don't want to do that. But you can also improve how you spend your time on your phone as well. You can be more intentional about it. Maybe you're on Facebook, but you're not just like randomly scrolling. You're, maybe you're going on there and you're trying to pick out who are the friends that I haven't connected with in a while, I'm going to send them a message. I'm going to, I'm going to say, you know, how are you doing? Maybe I'm going to specifically read about something that I want to learn more about. There, there are steps that aren't like full measures. Yeah. I also think when it comes to the phone and feeling naked without the phone, I feel the same way, but what is it that is actually important about that phone to have it with me? And I think that's a next level step that you can think about in terms of what are the apps on your phone? What do you actually need to be using it for? If I'm randomly checking an email or just going to social media because I've got five minutes, is that really bringing me a lot of value to be doing that? Whereas if I can be, you know, a text, like get directions to where I'm going, that brings me a lot of value. Like I, I want to end up in the right in the right spot. So having the Maps app or being able to text for emergency situations or being available for my kids to get in right. touch with me, text or phone, that's really important. And so you can be more intentional about how you use your phone and the apps that are on your phone that are bringing you value, especially when you're out and about. And do you need to be checking certain things or want to be checking certain things versus really being available or having the things that are most important? Well, and if you've got that five minutes of time and you're saying to yourself, hold on, what's wrong with me filling up? I've got five spare minutes. You can even find a way, because I often find that if I've got five minutes, it's like, eh, I might as well scroll. I'll scroll Twitter because that's a good way to fill that five minutes. But what you could also do is instead of thinking about like, huh, I haven't caught up with my friend Mike in a long time, but I'm not going to do it now because, you know, it's been so long. I have to give him a big rundown, blah, blah, blah. You could just say, you know what? I've got five minutes. I'm going to spend one minute composing a good text and just just touch base. Just that little piece of human contact, that's an improvement. You're going to get more out of that, I promise. I assume anyone talking to you (laughs) is going to get a lot out of it. And that's what we mostly do here on the show. All right, just to wrap up real quick for like 30 seconds. So the bottom line here is you're not telling people to totally chuck it in the river, but just be a little more thoughtful. Yeah, be intentional about how you're using your screens, your devices. Be intentional about where you are spending your attention Think about what you say are your top values, how you want to be spending your time, your energy, your attention. And are you actually doing that in these micro moments or throughout the day? And if not, how can you get more aligned? The competition for your time is fierce. So make sure you are using it wisely. Excellent advice, as always, from Mike Morton, Morton Financial Advice. Thanks so much. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining us on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn or MortonFinancialAdvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. 
If you have a comment or question, please email me at financialplanningpod at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered for investment advice. Opinions expressed as are of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. We do not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the data presented here.